Welcome back to the Don't Split Up Horror Podcast. This is episode 75, and we're talking about VHS 85, which now that I'm saying out loud, seems like maybe we should have waited 10 more episodes. I'm JR Forresteros. I'm Amanda Forresteros. I'm Moza Haiti. And I'm Adriana Mesquiti. Who, so uh, we were talking before the show, I'm pretty sure back in the day, in episodes that have since been lost, we covered the first two VHS films, VHS and VHS 2. But Adriana, since you're relatively new to the show, have you seen any of these besides VHS 85? I have only seen this one. Okay. Wow. So what what do you know, what did you know before um, watching this? Did you know that it was an anthology? So I did know that it was an anthology film. I also knew that it was found footage, um, but that just makes sense to me being that it says VHS. I figured it would be on a tape, but I didn't really have an expectation of what I was about to watch. Um, yeah. Beyond that, like it was just like, Oh, okay, well this is kind of common sense of what it's going to be. Um, Jeff did watch the trailer <laughs> and he goes, is this a snuff film? is this real? <laughs> and I was like, it's not real. It's a movie. He goes, okay, good. It looks weird. <laughs> he did not watch it. <laughs> it is weird in his defense. So I have seen all of these films. I tend to enjoy them overall. I don't know that that's the same for my other co-hosts. Yeah, that would be accurate. Would- I've seen their original VHS too many times, I would say. Um, only because we have shepherded people through watching them. And so then I'm subjected to watch them <laughs> multiple times. So I have a few of those imprinted in my memory of like nightmare fuel for sure. Um, I, and as I have mentioned a number of times on the pod, I am kind of over found footage. Like I think that it's really kind of gimmicky and I don't love getting motion sick from you know watching a film like that's not my favorite thing ever and so i was kind of over it but i was a little on board with this one particularly because 1985 is the year of my birth so i was like oh they can like throw it back to the 80s and let's see what creative things they can do with video technology in the 80s so yeah, I was I was reluctant as I normally am, as we all know. Uh, but I was also kind of here for it. I feel like you and Mo are switching places on this podcast. What? Yeah. <laughs> Did you? So you've seen <laughs> the majority, Amanda, but not all. I have seen four of the six. Okay, so you're okay. one more than me. This was my third. I've seen VHS one and two, um, VHS one multiple times. I really like that. I thought that was new and fresh and a different take on horror. Plus, I think you can do a lot with a little in a horror. 15 to 20 minute segments can be perfect. So I thought VHS one was awesome for bringing that to the table. I like the whole story behind the stories. Uh, as far as found footage goes, this doesn't bother me as much as most found footage, because I think the beauty is certain ones 
are, you know, like the traveling camera and it gets shaky and it's horrible and we hate it because of what it is. But then they utilize security cameras and different things. And at certain shorts, I feel like you're getting your standard directing, but just from a different kind of perspective. Um, so it didn't bother me as much. But I think of the three I've seen, I was most underwhelmed by this. <laughs> oh, well, so, I need to catch up on watching the rest of them because I. it sounds like everybody has seen at least three. Yeah. What did you think of this one overall, Adriana? Like scary, not scary, mixed bag com- uh, compared, for instance, to Satanic Hispanics, which we just reviewed. Okay. Um, I don't mind found footage. I don't love it, but I don't mind it. I um, The thing with anthologies for me is, you know, liking one or two and hating the rest. So um, I do think that the stories in this overall or the way that this is made, I preferred over Satanic Hispanics. Um, and it's weird because this is not as well directed or, or there's not as much money in it, I feel. But I did prefer this over Satanic Hispanics. Um, however, it's probably hearing what you guys are saying. I I would agree without even watching the others that this was probably not top VHS movie. What was the phrase I, that the succubus kept saying in the first one? Like yeah, she kept being like, I love I the succubus. She was great. She was, was so scary short. and terrible. Yeah, I, well, this is not about VHS. This is about <laughs> sorry, VHS 85. Okay. I was it like, what are you guys be. talking about? <laughs> it could be. I really thought I will I argue though, real quick. Like segment. <laughs> hey, don't worry. I did. Um, <laughs> I'll argue, Adriana, that what you said an anthology lacks, like in the fact that you might only like two but hate a few, is also the positive. Because instead of hating the entire movie, at least you get a little bit of good <laughs> sprinkled in with the bad. So it's like, thank you. Obviously, glass has half full. For this one they definitely didn't lean into as much in satanic hispanics of like the the horror comedy aspect of it like i feel like the vhs doesn't really yeah. do that very often like they'll have a few quips or or random comedic kind of moments but not to the same level that satanic hispanics did anyway what about you jr what do you think yeah. since you are the the ultimate veteran Expert. of watching all of them i mean yeah i did you know i I have a pretty low bar for anthologies. Uh, If there's one really, really terrific uh, short and then some others that are like interesting, at least I'll usually like it. Like, again, I I think listeners will remember I was pretty hot on Satanic Hispanics compared to the rest of the, the crew. Right. And I would still say, even despite that, this one. Uh, maybe particularly because of the found footage format uh, didn't work so well for me. Uh, Though again, there were a couple of things that really shocked me uh, and a couple of moments that I really liked, but I I wouldn't say there was like a standout short in this one. Uh, I would kind of put it in the middle of the pack of the VHS films. Uh, One and two are still the high watermarks of the franchise for me. Um, So 
I'd love to, what we're going to do instead of kind of doing spoilers, no spoilers is we're just going to spoil everything because these are short and it's kind of hard to talk about them at all without diving into them. So we're just going to break them down segment by segment, introduce them by the title of the segment and the director. And then one of us is going to summarize them and then we're just going to talk about it. So we're going to start with the rapper film, which historically, particularly in the VHS movies have been pretty forgettable. This one actually, I think is probably my favorite rapper, maybe on any of the horror anthologies that i've seen it's called it's called total copy it was uh, directed by david bruckner and uh it features a something we're not totally sure what it is they found <laughs> it on the top of uh el capitan i think out in the middle of nowhere and they brought it back to their lab they called it rory and every time we cut back to it rory is exhibiting some kind of new trait um, most eerily, I think he starts imitating particularly one of the scientists there who gets very freaked out about it. And then it turns out in the end that Rory is some sort of organic monster that eats everyone. And the end. <laughs> <laughs> it loves to graphic. mimic pop culture. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it, it drags the bodies in and has them start doing jazzercise with its tentacles. That's pretty. I, it was like the, my favorite scene of that entire short. That was fantastic. Like that. That was the best scene. <laughs> that was just a so great creepy. payoff for sure. Yeah. So, so I think the reason this worked for me, particularly as a rapper, is I felt like each individual piece had some different kind of creepy element to it. Um, where I, like we were pretty sure Rory was bad news from the get go, but each piece of it introduced a new kind of spook. Like the fact that I think it was in the second piece that the woman said, yeah, none of them deserved what happened to them. And you're like, oh, uh -oh something bad. And then in another one, it was where it first imitated the guy. And he's like, yeah, but I've never been in the room. And they were like, oh, you know, and so like like every time it didn't just like do the same thing over and over again, or it didn't just like draw it out. I felt like each short combined to make this one short that was pretty effective i thought and again like i have an exceptionally low bar for the rappers because they're just usually terrible and like something so, you've suffered <laughs> quick interjection on that because i thought the rapper for vhs1 worked fairly well like not a lot of thought went into it you know they're breaking into the house to search for this elusive vhs that they're just going to know when they see it but then it put them into action to play a bunch of random VHSs, which gave us the rest of the show while simultaneously some creepy stuff going on in the background of the house. Like it was just enough to add some extra scares and make sense. That's why the other VHSs were playing. Now I get that this one was a bunch of shorts recorded over an old documentary from the eighties or whatever, but personally I enjoyed the first one, I think more yeah. than this. Yeah. Oh, more interesting. I didn't definitely, I mean, the first one's the only other one I can even remember. Uh, which says something. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I thought this one, I, this one personally worked for me better. I don't know if you have an opinion on that. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was gross and creepy. We know that I love a good creature feature and Rory was definitely a creature-like thing. It definitely gave like uh, Dateline or Unsolved Mysteries vibes mm -hmm. like with the different interviews yeah. and testimonials and that kind of stuff so obviously that was just based off of pure nostalgia on my part like because I totally grew up watching that kind of stuff which also contributed to nightmares Same. certainly <laughs> of course um, yeah I, 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 I dug it yeah I, I thought that it was effective. And again, I mean, Rory was just weird enough and creepy enough that I never actually could really see 
when he was fully mimicking, like when he scared the uh, the other scientists that he had never seen before, I couldn't really see a resemblance. But like I understood that like his form had changed, but I didn't because of the the grainy <laughs> quality of the video and stuff, which again, I think is intentional because it's trying to, you know, have bad technology or less pixels or whatever from 1985, as opposed to it being made in 2023 or 2022, whenever they actually were filming most of this stuff. But yeah, I thought it was effective. I thought it was interesting for sure. Oh, as the glue that holds together all these little stories, I actually didn't think it was terrible. Um, We've talked about on Satanic Hispanics how the main story, it was terrible. The acting was terrible. It was cheesy. It was it was really, really bad. This was not that. This was actually like I dug that it was broken up into, which I didn't know it was something that was going to happen, but that it was broken up into little segments to make the whole one. Um, I don't know how Rory was a child at one point because what children did he see that he was mimicking so i didn't i didn't you know when they or said was that well, just his growing phase he was cocooning and growing into a big dopey but he wasn't just- a humanoid so it, you know it's just strange because they talk about how okay well he starts to, to turn into the other dude where did he think- see a child I think what you're arguing is we didn't get quite enough backstory with Lori. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not backstory. backstory. It's not backstory. It's it's kind of um I don't know if I would say it's breaking the rules, but it it is not really making sense with what they're saying, how Rory becomes, you know, or how he starts to evolve throughout the process and how he turns into the guy where like, oh, he can see through this one-way mirror so but just for him to be a child for for so a while, he saw a kid on the didn't... tv they were going through pop culture i mean he had already watched wrath Khan and was moving on to who knows what after that so i mean it it made it creepy enough to, not understanding it i think made it scarier um and then i also think about how dumb scientists can be and how there's so many movies where just don't do it it's not a human you don't understand it and you know the ending for that was like yeah of Preach. course that was gonna happen um but and then the most frustrating moment of that whole thing um since we are spoiling was that ending you could have just wiped your hand off <laughs> like sure but i think we're also meant to understand these people are panicking right like i'm mm-hmm. I, that didn't bother me like so that's that's actually something I was going to touch on. I think the only thing you lose with the short being broken up and coming in at different levels of, you know, what's you have to assume been, you know, years or months for them is you don't get the build up some of the suspense. So I didn't find it like horrifying. I agree with you, JR. Like the reveals were awesome every time they cut back where they're like, oh, it's mimicking the scientist. He can see through the window and you're like, uh oh, uh oh, this is getting progressively worse. But never once was I like, ah. there was no scare oh, jump. Right. So. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't annoyed by it. I it wasn't my favorite, but I wasn't annoyed by it. I I didn't hate it. Um, I thought it was creepy, not terrifying. Um, the one moment where I thought, well, just wipe your hand off. I, I think it was minimal, not enough for me to hate this segment, sure. or to or to feel like it really, you know, took away from anything else. I I mean, I dug it. It was very medium for me. Um, Is that it? 
Is that a collective thumbs up for the rapper then? Because I didn't hate it. I would I say mean, I enjoyed it. I think yeah. so. I didn't, yeah. Incredibly low bar for those things. They typically are terrible. So the fact that I not only tolerated, but genuinely enjoyed this one, off to a strong start. That's, that says a lot. That says a lot. Hi, Grace. Uh, oh, going into the next segment, it's called No Wake, written and directed by Mike P. Nelson. I'm going to say this one was my favorite um, for many reasons. Uh, we won't talk about the other segment, but it does. It is part one of a two part that Mike P. Nelson did for this movie. Um, so it's seven friends and they are all going to a lake and there are signs that are kind of on the ground hidden under leaves that say don't swim in the lake but they're a bunch of teenagers so who cares about a sign um i'm immediately obviously looking for a sign that says gators or <laughs> you know some sort of lake yep. sharks yeah something yeah lake yep. sharks just something normal like no swimming you know uh, gator infested waters whatever um that's where i thought this was going um i was very pleasantly surprised that it was not what i was thinking it was going to be so out of the group of friends a couple of them stay behind and the others decide to go on the water on the boat drinking and water skiing and doing fun teenage stuff not paying attention to what happens next which i heard it the first, so I had to watch this twice. I heard it the first time. I heard gunshots, but I didn't hear them the next time that I, the second time that I watched it, which is weird. I was like, I know I heard the first time seeing the segment. I hear gunshots, so why didn't I hear them the second time? And I didn't want to rewind again, so I was just like, okay, that's good. I'm just gonna just assume that there was gunshots and I didn't make them up. Um, while they're on the water, one of the girls who is having a hard time water skiing finally gets it and then drops into the water drops and then doesn't come Everyone back up doesn't come back up and after that i'm just like okay i'm in something's happening here uh they go check on her the water is bloody i'm still kind of like whoa it's like did something bite her <laughs> It's just that, you know, that same like thought, like there's got to be a gator in there. I'm just, I think I'm just traumatized at this point. Um, and they flip her over and she has a gunshot in her chest. And all of a sudden it is just raining bullets. And these bullets, um, the way it's ripping chunks out of the boat and destroying these like limbs and one girl gets her jaw shot off. I mean, terrifying, terrifying. Uh, cut to one of them wakes up, the other wakes up, the other wakes up, the girl with no jaw wakes up, and I'm just like, what everyone but happening? one of them wakes up. Mm -hmm. Everyone but everyone but driver. one of them. Mm -hmm. Um, which he got shot in the head, and I assumed I was like, oh, it's like zombies, so you can't wake up if you get shot in the head. But then I was just like, wait, I think another one of them got shot right in the head because before no jaw uh, girl got shot, she got blood splatter from. For brain or it must have been him there was a lot of shooting and killing the a kid lot of with blood. the camera got cool. shot yeah. in the head yeah yeah oh yeah his brains were kind of yeah like, he was pulling them out hair. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so gross uh so everything about the storyline even before i knew that there was a part two i was just like okay 
I like this. I like where it was going. It, they weren't annoying teens. They were kind of just like normal bad teens, or I guess back in 85, that's what it would have been like. Um, Before you go to part two, JR Amanda, were you guys confused? Because I had the same feeling. I had no clue what the heck was doing going I had on. No with clue a couple friends who watched. I was like, everyone was like, huh? What? Did that scene not happen? Was this a dream? Like it took a minute to catch up. Oh, I mean. I will say, well, yeah, why don't you, because I have, I have a whole thing to say. Oh, I was just going to say, <laughs> I had no clue, but I was so here for it for the exact reason. Like, I was like, oh, there's creatures or something. And then I was like, ooh, yeah. zombies, maybe it's zombie something. <laughs> and then like, yeah, particularly when half jaw chick, like, <laughs> like rolls up, I'm like, uh, are they immortal? Like, what is happening? Oh, they all went in the water. And then, of course, the wheels started turning. But I thought it was a really interesting kind of yeah an interesting take for sure so what i loved about this one was the many different kinds of horror i experienced as again to most point in a very short segment first is the why are they not allowed to swim right something bad is going to happen and i don't know what that is but it's related to the water Gators. right <laughs> yes a creature or something right uh then the then, then again, one of them gets shot, and then they all start getting shot. And you're like, "Well, this is not the water." And then they all die, and I was like, uh, "Okay, well, that's like I guess like an active shooter horror film." Like, okay, yeah. all right, like. But then the camera keeps rolling, and then the one kid gets back up, and I'm like, "Oh, so he got shot, but now it's like a survivor kind of thing. Like, can he get off the water?" And then they all wake up, and then it's this yeah. body horror thing of like they've all been shot they don't know what's going on it becomes pretty clear pretty fast i'm glad they weren't dummies like they figure out it's the water like almost immediately um yeah and yeah i like i just thought in such a short piece of filmmaking there were so many different kinds of terror that all made sense you know it didn't feel like the it didn't feel like i was in a car that kept shifting gears randomly at high speeds right like it 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 was just a really deft piece of of horror filmmaking i was really really impressed and then again the shock that comes when three segments later you get the other half of the story the backstory was, was also just terrific so adriana take us through ambrosia so i will say with with no wake uh, it took me a minute and it wasn't until ambrosia that i realized um, what they meant when they're like trying to plan, they're figuring out like, okay, we're not zombies. Obviously I've never felt more alive. We feel amazing except for we have holes everywhere. Um, and then they're like, okay, it has to be the water. So when they are planning on like, Hey, you got the license plate, what are we going to do? And one of them says, well, we're going to go kill them. And they're like, no, I can't, you know, I can't kill people, which it all seemed like very real coming to terms with what just happened, understanding why it's happening, um, and like realistic planning of what you would do afterwards. What's the revenge? And she says, we're going to do to them what they did to us, which I did not get because I was like, I don't know if you don't kill them. I don't know what that means. Um, I was equally confused. And filling up the water gun, the stupid little spray gun that was sh shooting shots in their mouths. Right, but, then, but, but you don't realize yep, what that is because I'm just like, what? okay, so cool. She's putting water in there. She's just going to go like 
like I didn't I I didn't even have like a thought where I was like oh she's gonna go spray the killers and no I I was just like okay well that's weird um oh see I knew that that was their plan but I didn't map that onto the little kid in ambrosia like right I late in ambrosia and there's there's signs so okay going into this one you are watching a family get together and you think it's like oh it's just a bunch of family members and they're you know yeah is it like a a holiday or like what Yeah. yeah There's a teenager, she's walking around and she, you know, there's the creepy cousin, there's the aunt that's like really animated. And it's just like, okay, this is looking like a regular family reunion or event, whatever it is. Um, So you have Ruth, who is about 15 years old. She's excited about recording this process. She starts to talk about how families have quinceañeras, sweet 16s, bar mitzvahs, but you know, the Wrigley family has this. And you're just like, what is happening right now? But as she's outside, the little boy sprays her with the gun, which is fantastic that she's the one that got sprayed with the gun, right? Just the one person. Um, But she looks up and you see a bit of the camper. And I don't know how this happened, but I didn't put two and two together because I didn't think this was like a part two to that why would you right that's that's the genius of this is that vhs has never done this before i don't know that any horror anthology has ever done this before i loved that this was done i i love that i got a little bit of backstory mo (laughs) i love (laughs) shout out um but what a twist when these people go full on far right bring out all your guns were they in texas because what was happening (laughs) everyone has a gun the toddler has a gun it's just full-blown like craziness and when she says the seven i was like okay well someone was watching game of thrones um but then don't let them take you alive i don't know what that meant i still don't um I, so it's kind of like their little cult thing is what I assumed, you know, that your yeah, right of passage yeah, is murdering seven people. And then, you know, you know, they all band together. And now that the cops are called and on their way, it's we're all going to die together. It's no one goes, no one gets taken alive. So it was either kill or die or kill yourself. And well, she shoots her she cousin tries when to. he's just like, I can't do it. And I'm just yeah. like, wow. Um, and then she comes back. She, she kills herself. Back. She shoots herself in the head. Well, she, well, the, yeah, she comes. The police come yet. in, they shoot her three times. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. Right. And then she wakes again, grabs the gun, they come back. Like, what the and hell? She, she shoots, shoots herself, the doctor. Yep. And she's still alive. And she's still alive. She comes back and, and she's just like, and then she tries again. And it's, I think she tried, she tried twice, right? She tried to kill herself twice. No, just the one time, work. I think. Then they grab her. But that's, so she I must loved have it. been like, about to. I mean, everything was so great. Uh, the whole process of this short was so great. Again, I watched this twice. I watched it about a week ago here at home, and then I watched it on the plane because I was like, okay, I need to like kind of refresh everything. And then I thought, oh, man, this is perfect. She was the only one that got shot with the water gun. That's what they meant when they were, you know, we're going to do to them what they did to us. Um, 
I almost wish they had all been sprayed at some point, but it was kind of uh, <laughs> poetic that the one person who killed all those people is the one that suffered the same fate. Um, uh, the full, the first circle ending is what brought that together fantastically because they it kept was, her from yeah. doing the one thing she wanted to do. She got her punishment. It was great. It really <clears> was great. This 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 really made it worthwhile watching this movie. Um, I really really liked everything from no wake to this i like that it felt very 80s um costume design was fantastic <laughs> um, very accurate uh, i really like that it also almost felt like today with a lot of little things here and there that were like oh shit like that was that could have happened today and it would have been just yeah, it didn't have to be VHS 85. It could have just been VHS and it just all came together so nicely. The details were great. I didn't think it was cheesy, which is hard for me to say about films I like think this. this. I'm always just like, so cheesy. It was great. I thought so too. I think this was my favorite short out of the movie. Um, there's mm-hmm. a couple others I like, but I mean, I think this was my favorite. I think it paid off. I agree with JR. You're so hyper-focused on what's in the water that you don't realize, you know, what the water aspect is. Then when they come back and that two people are holding that woman's jaw together is just horrifying. Um, yeah. That and is the, really the payoff horrifying. at the end. I liked it. It was good. Well, I thought it was kind of funny. Did you guys catch when she goes, oh, honey, don't look at yourself when she's trying to look <laughs> in the mirror. <laughs> I giggled a little bit because I was like, oh, don't do it. Uh, but I, I mean, I think there was enough gore to make it a, the, the kills effective. Um, and even coming back, it wasn't cheesy. It was just people waking up after maybe being knocked on the head. So this was my favorite. This was great. Um, Amanda, what did you think? Yeah, no, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I would definitely say it's the top of all of the shorts that we, um, either were subjective, subjected to, or chose to participate in. And yeah, I, I, same, same as all, all of you. I, I agree. I thought that it kept us guessing enough and was like just gruesome enough that you're like, oh man, I can't imagine myself in a scenario like that. And yet also, how cool would it be to sort of be, um, maybe not immortal, but at least uh, all of these mortal death wounds are are definitely, we can still hang on, but we're not zombies. Like we're fully functioning and in fact, feeling like more alive than we did before. So I also appreciated that there wasn't the like creepy camera guy thing because they were starting to allude to that where like the guy with the camera like always had the camera and was like creepily videoing you know his crush particularly and so i'm thankful that they didn't like delve down that any further it wasn't excessive though it was just a tiny bit of cute crush stalking (laughs) exactly exactly so just on a skosh close to to creeper but not not full creeper not quite Um, Okay, so let's go ahead and move on to the next segment, which is called God of Death. So this was directed by Gigi Salguerrero, and she actually was the same, I assume it's a she, this person uh, was the same director as Nojuales from Satanic Hispanic. So we have already reviewed one of of their shorts, and I think we were pretty divided on Nojuales. Like, I, I think JR really enjoyed it, but I... I wasn't a big fan. I don't think Adriana was a big fan. I can't remember Mo, how you felt about it. <laughs> I wasn't there. Oh, you weren't even there. Okay, it. that's why I didn't remember. So my, I feel um, even better. All right. But I so, bet I liked it if JR liked it and you two mm, didn't. You did not. 
<laughs> you wouldn't have liked it. Debatable. Anyway, <laughs> so the cool thing about this segment is that it's the first Sp- Spanish language VHS segment. So that was very cool. It was set in Mexico City, which I was just uh, kind of delving into the IMDb page about this film. And it was the the director, Gigi, specifically was excited about the fact that VHS 85 was set in 1985 because there was a really big earthquake in Mexico City in 1985 and that the death toll has been argued that it was anywhere between 5,000 and 30,000 people. So it was like a pretty, it was the biggest earthquake in Mexico's history and uh, was pretty hardcore. So she sort of- She wasn't excited about that. No, no, no. Excited, (laughs) sorry. Apologies to Gigi. No, wasn't excited about the fact that um, probably 30,000 Mexicans died. No, but was excited that it was set in 1985 so that she could use that as a setting for this story for this horror, horrifying thing that did happen to that population. Yes. Apologies. Sorry. I did not (laughs) fully flesh out my thought before I before I said it out loud. Anyway, Um, all of that to say, I so so basically we are watching a kind of like daily news broadcast situation. So there's the like old person, not old, she's not old, but the the veteran kind of reporter. And then there's this like new and excited reporter that's out, not in the studio, the typical cameraman, you know, you get a little bit of the banter and and that kind of stuff. And then all of a sudden an earthquake hits and everything is wrong. Like everything's bad. Things are falling. The host dies. And then emergency services folks, you know, paramedics or first responders come in and are trying to save um, as many people as they can. So in, in the exact, I guess, tremor uh, of the, the, the first tremor, the, the host herself is killed by like a falling pillar or something like that. Like I think her head is fully like smushed and it's, pretty gruesome uh but the cameraman of course because of the gimmick of um found footage has to say like oh i have to take my camera with me i live with my camera i've never been without my camera blah 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 whatever anyway so he carries the camera with with all of these first responders and they it it basically appears that they keep going deeper and deeper into the bowels of this building, whatever this radio or a uh, new studio is and try and are trying to find a way out, but tremors keep hitting more thing. Debris keeps falling. And then uh, before we know it, they are in front of a wall that is basically a dedication, like an indigenous former, like, altar i guess is the best way i would describe it to an old indigenous god and it to me it was unclear and maybe you all have a little bit better insight into this it was unclear whether the god itself or demon or whatever we want to call it was possessing people to say the things that they wanted it to say like doing incantations and stuff or if some of the first responders were just sort of like followers of said demon god thing to bring it back into into life um obviously there are death you know there's death surrounding this particular entity and so 
lots of gore, lots of dismemberment, lots of like, hurry up, come on. Oh, someone dropped the camera. Oh, let's pick up the camera and make sure we have a good angle. Like all of those kinds of things. And then of course the, the female paramedic is the one I distinctly remember, like kind of reciting some things and all of a sudden sort of turning into or appearing to be sort of like a priestess kind of person that was like, you know, stating some different incantations to bring this like God of death into life, like back into life or something. I don't know. What do you all think? My my read on it was that the earthquake broke open some kind of vault or tomb and mm. released this, this ancient Aztec God. I was under right. the understanding that it was either the earthquake that released the God or the God was the cause of the earthquake yeah. for some yeah. reason. Okay. Those were my two assumptions. Those were the two things. I was like, okay, this is either one or the other. Um, I have heard about this earthquake for as long as I can remember. My mom has always talked about it. She always says, oh, you were just a baby when the earthquake happened. I mean, I was a little girl the first time I, I heard about the big earthquake of 1985. That's just always how I've heard it described. This is like the one event I think in Mexico that I could actually say, I knew happened. I've heard so much about it. Um, they don't know if 5,000 people died or 30,000 people died because there wasn't a way to keep record of the people who were in the rubble. Like there's just no way. So they, they know a lot of deaths happen. They just don't know how many because only this many were reported. So um, I was super excited about this segment. I really wanted to see it. I was just like, oh my God, I know this, this, thing in history i mean 1985 i was born that year my mom has always talked about it blah 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 blah, blah. okay um i was actually pretty excited i thought it was pretty funny and very accurate in how mexican banter really goes it's a little vulgar it's you know it's it's just funny um the host is making fun of how the microphone smells bad and he makes like a dirty joke about it and she's just like oh here you want to you want to try it um, and then the girl who's out on her first day and has to shush the, you know, the musicians out there and they're just like, screw you. <laughs> so they're not going to listen to her, of course. And then she trips and all, all of it. I was just like, okay, this is, this is actually okay. Now I should have known better when I saw that it was the same actor from Nahuales. Cause I was like, oh, it's that guy. Okay. Well, cool. Whatever. I figured as they're going down is the earthquake, the, the building falling apart is pretty much pushing them further down, further down, further down. Um, I think that the thing that I was so disappointed about, about with this one is that it was just a Spanish version of As Above, So Below. Um, and they used something that could have been so great, which was the earthquake to make something amazing or even the story the way the storyline was going like it would have been great if it was some demon that either caused it or was released all of it but because it just really was basically the same outline as as above so below i was just like very unimpressed and then here's where it all really went south no pun intended (laughs) (laughs) um when it turned into again the same thing i said about satanic hispanics and nahuales the overly dramatic i i just feel like it's kind of exploitation of 
Mexican culture and history and beliefs to make it so dramatic and so over the top. And it was the exact same. It felt exactly the same. And I didn't, I already knew that I was going to tell you guys this, that it felt way too, way too close to Nahuales with the over dramatic screaming and praising of gods and Aztec culture. And I didn't even know it was the same director. I didn't know it was Gigi. So immediately, I mean, and that could just be me feeling attacked as a Mexican and not (laughs) wanting it to feel, and you know, I don't want my culture to be known as like this, like, I just feel like it just gives us sort of a bad dramatic name. And there's so much more to what happened in, in that earthquake and so much more to our culture and so much more to even, you know, Miklan, which is the god of death. Like there's so much more than to make him some some screaming demon in the pits of hell. Um, so I just really hated how closely this felt to another movie. I hated how dramatic it was, just like her other short that we just saw. Um, and I just was really disappointed in how this ended because I was so excited about it. I was, I was so excited yeah. about the story no, I totally get that. Um, so obviously I didn't have the cultural uh, touchstone that you did. Uh, I, I love the idea of this so much more than the execution where I think it fell down I is uh, I kept comparing it to the descent, which is a, mm. one of my favorite horror films. And uh, the vast majority of the horror in that movie comes from the claustrophobia of being trapped underground. Uh, and actually a lot of it is, has, it's not found footage, but it has a found footage feel because a lot of the camera work is handheld and very close. And I just, I spent most of this short confused about what was happening, not because I didn't understand the plot, but because the camera was just all over the place, which again is probably quote unquote realistic, but as a, as a viewing experience, I just I didn't, I didn't care. And so then when the fine, like I actually enjoyed the final three minutes or whatever, I was like, Oh, okay. God of death, like whatever. Okay. But like the whole rest of it to me felt like a a waste. Um, And I actually do hear what you're saying, Adrian, about like everyone screaming at each other and just being like loud, eccentric Mexicans. I was like, I, I did feel that in a way that again was unpleasant. Um, Exactly. It's like, it doesn't show like a, I mean, you can believe in, in all of these gods, you can show our history, but like they make it seem so stereotypical, like his, Hispanic. And I, and I don't like that that has like a negative. I'll like, open uh, like JR did. Like I didn't have the personal attachment to this, so maybe different lens, you know, different viewpoint or just ignorance. It could be synonymous in this case, <laughs> but different um, viewpoint. I think uh, I think the opening was prolonged and it lost me because I didn't know where things were going to go. Like it took so long for what was a short film to get into the meat of where we were going for this. Um, now, as far as the 80s aspect of it, I like that we had kind of the non-PC dialogue between, you know, co-hosts and, you know, everything was kind of foul and off the record. And they're like, oh, shit, we're live. And, you know, the one girl cusses on live TV, like all that stuff I liked and felt very real. Um, by the time they missed 
the entrance level door that it was blocked and they were going down is when I finally felt like I picked up on where it was going. Um, you know, that there was going to be something underground, that something else was happening. You were starting to hear noises or someone was, and I feel like they were finally leading into the actual plot. I, I think culturally, and I can see where you're coming from. Like you don't want to beat a dead horse, but at the same point in time, like, I guess it would be weird if they would have gone in my opinion with a different God of death, as opposed to like the Aztec God of death or something like that. I didn't latch on to like the religious, you know, kind of discourse. And to me, anyone who's trapped in a caving building from a massive earthquake with a God below you is probably screaming and hysterical. So I think it all worked for me. I just, I kind of agree with JR where it was like, only the last three minutes worked for me. Like some of the beginning was fun and then it was like super yeah. rushed and they didn't really latch onto that. Like if you're going to go into the Aztec God of War, like why not lean into that a little bit more, that ritual room, like maybe have them walk through a little bit more of that and have some of the plot be underground and like build up that terror of what's next yeah. and what's going to come as opposed to just automatically be in it. Someone gets possessed. Then there's this religious right and it's over like well, it was it's the chanting it's the chanting for me that's what happened with nawales there was all this chanting very dramatic like it's very dramatic chanting so sure. it, it's i would have liked to have seen this you know miklan coming out of this crack or just suddenly appearing and ripping everyone apart because he was angry because he was you know released from whatever like release the kraken in. yeah or, yeah or even if they would have played into the cannibalism and like after someone was smashed like someone exactly. just starts randomly feeding on them or something goofy and, or even uh, mclan starts just eating them and then i i for a second i couldn't i couldn't really tell what his body looked like so i was just like is he missing arms it almost looked like it was like a really big torso that was missing arms and i was like oh he's gonna eat these people and he's going to start growing limbs and, and, you know, coming back to life. And then he's going to be full strength. It And then they start chanting. And it took me right back to Nawales where they're doing this really over dramatic chanting. And the girl gets, you know, Carla gets naked and she's like giving him a heart. It just felt very like Aztec warrior drama. Like I just, it, it made it tacky. I, there, it was like, Unnecessary. It just made it tacky, and it. it I guess took let me away ask you this: like, if they would have led into that differently instead of just hopping right into it with like thirty seconds of intro to this god, would that have changed it for you, or that aspect altogether just didn't play? It would have changed it for me if there wasn't all that dramatic chanting. If it didn't make it like, if it was just too similar to Nawales, and that is the part that ruined Nawales for me um, was the over-the-top chanting with the blood across the face with the weird morphing of the faces um with the i mean sure. when we get into this other segment I, it's i won't spoil it quite yet but it's it's there's something about this whole chanting situation that i'm just not a fan <laughs> of but with but with but with these uh with this director i just feel like she has so much good material and she and I don't know why it, it's just it gets tacky at the end. It gets tacky with with the gratuitous tits and the chanting and the, you know, I mean, is it a good horror film without some bare some breasts? <laughs> um, yeah, but it wasn't even so like think... like a good topless scene. It was just kind of like, <laughs> Ugh. 
I agree. I was caught off guard. I didn't know that that was necessary or really fit any part of that outside of, again, being gratuitous. Um, all right. We definitely know how you feel, Adriana. This seems like it was a collective <laughs> thumbs down, maybe thumbs sideways. Like, I like where it could have gone, but not ultimately where it did go. So, All right. Well, let's talk about Techno God. Uh, this is a... Uh, this is a performance artist. Her name is Ada Lovelace, and uh, she goes on this big rant about how we have killed God and replaced God with the God of technology, and she's doing this like VR sort of thing. Uh, she has a helmet and these gloves and talks about how there's this God that lives in the uh, techno world, uh, but she wants to demonstrate how powerless and impotent it is, and so she performs this ritual, and again, you, you very very much by the way this this very much all has the vibe of like friends that are sitting through their friends one woman show right like this was <laughs> this was like written directed and performed by ada lovelace um yeah and uh so she does this like weird summoning ritual that she clearly made up uh to summon the techno god and then starts belittling it but then an avatar appears in the screen uh that it, you know, so we can see what she sees and it's like Tron level graphics. And essentially she accidentally really summons the techno God and it kills her. And everyone thinks it's part of the performance. And then someone goes up and like opens up her goggles and her face has been eaten away and the end. So <laughs> uh, I thought this was fine. I will say it's my least favorite segment of the, I got what it was trying to do. I think it did it just fine. I was not particularly interested in it. I should have also mentioned, sorry, the director here is Natasha Kermani. I had to watch this twice because I feel <laughs> or fell asleep in Technocrat the first time. And um, I accidentally fell asleep in Technocrat the second time. So. <laughs> yeah, accidentally. <laughs> not not my favorite asleep. part either. It was just kind of disjointed. Uh, even through the awake parts, I was like, why? Um, I felt like, again, the whole god of technology there was a play there from like uh, what was that book jr american gods or yep. modern gods or american gods like, right Neil american gods. Yep. like okay awesome like have we created a new deity because of whatever and is it benevolent or not and where could this go and then it just didn't pay off again uh, kind of dis or not dissimilar to the previous segment we discussed but way worse where it was just like <laughs> neat idea horrible execution and not at all what i was hoping for that's what i was talking about before it's the chanting and her that entire first of all that entire one woman show was i like it was really hard for me to get through that because i was just like god this is terrible um and you've got five people in the crowd just kind of like what you've clearly never had to sit through one of those <laughs> pay for and i'm so grateful like you i'm so I'm so grateful for that. I I couldn't do it. Um, and then my least favorite part was the chanting and her like doing this whole almost seductive Man, sounds you and being really a annoying cat, Like really has scarred you for horror films. It's <laughs> well, yeah. it's pretty bad. We've discussed it's pretty this. bad. Have you heard what the Catholics do? Um, <laughs> but um, I got it. I got what she was doing. I I as annoyed as I was by it, I, I understood. I did like the gore. I liked the uh, the payoff for me is that something finally shut her the hell up. 
because I was so ready for that to happen. And she's ripped apart. And I, and I love that everybody was like, yeah, um, that was amazing. Not realizing that this woman is completely ripped to shreds. Um, and back then, how did you think that was real? But, uh, I was, I was finally happy that she was just shutting up and that what shut her up was the thing that she was taunting and that's what you get. Um, so yeah, this was, uh, this was bad. Amanda? Yeah, I mean, almost uh, almost everything that you all have said is spot on <laughs> <laughs> in my same feelings. Like I, it was pretty lame, pretty boring. The payoff mm-hmm. at the end, the reveal of her face being ripped off, melted off, whatever, super gorgeous. The eyes still moving. <laughs> yes, that that alone was the most worthwhile part. And that's all I have to say about that. We're so mean. So glad this woman died. In that case, moving right along to the final installment, Dream Kill by Scott Derrickson. I will say for the fans out there that this is the segment that JR really wanted to do. He paid attention and took notes. And if I miss anything, please feel free to weigh in, JR. Uh, I slept during the segment I was supposed to do, so there might be some uh, back-end animosity here. (laughs) There's not. That's perfect. That sounded like there might be. Um, (laughs) So Dream Kill was fun. Uh, I was confused, not going to lie. I didn't know where this was going. Uh, It starts with a 911 call and an intruder, a terrified woman who's being told to hide, to be quiet. She doesn't really do either well. Um, she has especially not having a cordless a... phone. Whew, that cord, <laughs> that corded phone just really did her in. <laughs> did not do well. Uh, that was my favorite part. I think she definitely talking hid the under the bed time. while talking and using a corded phone. And the killer just followed the cord under the bed and then killed her with her own turkey carver. Um, <laughs> I will note that this was like a battery operated turkey carver for 85. So maybe a quick call out to whoever did this. That should have been plugged in first. Um, but you know, she was high tech. So that starts it. And then the detective shows up, you know, he's surveying the scene. It's gruesome. It's horrible. Um, And then he kind of goes back and he's like, but the weird thing is, I feel like I saw this already on a video, like perfectly done. He's like, but the problem is I got this three days ago and they're like, no, coroner's confirmed. You know, this just happened a few hours ago, blah, blah, blah. Murder number two happens kind of similar way. Uh, We see a break in. not mass, but just we don't see the assailant. And he brutally kills this guy uh, to the point where you almost think it's like some superhuman person. And again, the turkey carver comes back. We see some fingers lost. uh, And the detective shows up the next day and he's like, what the hell? I 100% saw this happen three days ago. This is getting creepy. I keep getting these videos with murders on them that essentially are happening before the murders. So what's going on? So they track a mailbox, like a post office box on the street, which I didn't know was a thing that you could tell where they came from. They track down the person, they bring him in. Well, you find out it's like the forensic guy's son. Uh, he's this, you know, kind of very goth, quiet kid. And he's Named like, yeah. Gunther. Yeah. <laughs> so obviously Gunther so did random. it. Gunther yeah. is guilty. Gunther's father was trying to have a different son. Um, and so kind of fast forward and they're interrogating them they're like hey what the heck's going on like why are these coming why are you dropping off these films why didn't you give them to the police he's like i kind of did give them to the police i mailed them to the police and uh 
he goes on to say like, basically you're not going to believe me, but I have these prophetic dreams and my camcorder records those. And recently I've been dreaming about these deaths and, uh, there you go. And the detective's like, that's crazy. That doesn't make sense. So they go check up on a lead. Uh, detective takes the forensic guy with them. And at that point in time, the forensic guys put, or the detectives putting all the pieces together. He realizes all signs point to the forensic guy that he had been stalking, you know, the female people that were murdered, you know, as well as the guy, et cetera. Um, and in this kind of friendly interrogation, as they apparently go way back, the uh, forensic guy shoots the detective and goes back to the police station uh confronts his son like wow i can't believe this blah 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 and he's like i'm gonna kill you and the son's like no you're not i've already seen the next video i know exactly how this plays out and the dad goes into the hallway goes a wall kills like half a dozen officers and then the son shoots him in the back of the head and we're done um <laughs> so yeah jr seeing as you really love this what did i mess up and no i thought it was great i thought you did a great job describing it uh i will say uh i thought the the kill sequences the videotapes that we're watching inside the videotape were pretty gruesome and pretty scary like home and you know this is home invasion and body mutilation horror and it was very effective Mm -hmm. especially like I can't speak from the female perspective. I'd be scared if someone broke into my house regardless and was chasing me down with a carver. But the second kill, when he kills that guy, like, it's brutal. And that guy fights back. And I would say, well, like, aggressively fights back and puts up a fight and just gets absolutely handled, which is 10 times more horrifying than not fighting back and being murdered. Definitely. I agree. They were scary. Exactly. I appreciated the different perspectives, the the fact that we got security cam footage and it wasn't just hand footage constantly, as JR already said, the very gruesome kind of but from the from the killer's perspective. It was fun to see Ziggy for those of you that are wire fans. Uh, Ziggy was the dad. Um, and also fun fact, Gunther is actually baby baby Derrickson. It's Scott Derrickson's son. So cool that he got to have um, his own son be a weird goth kid in his film in his short film and uh scott derrickson has actually said on the record that this is in the black phone universe which i think is interesting and weird like maybe it's just something you say is clickbait or maybe somewhere in the future they will tie together in some form or fashion so i thought that that was interesting i will say that scott derrickson's wife maggie levin had a segment on vhs 99 also so there's a little connection there Uh, i will say i think this was relatively forgettable like it was cool but i don't know when i think back about vhs 85 that this is one that i'm going to like remember uh particularly well honestly i'll remember techno god more even though i disliked it so much um (laughs) just because it was so i thought this was your favorite kind of based on pre-show conversation yeah i think it's really well done i just also think it's pretty forgettable I think the part that I didn't like, and it plays well for me, I thought it was gruesome. I like the break-ins. I like kind of the whole thing, but I don't know. I felt like it was a narrated uh, what's going on, which sometimes that's acceptable, but, you know, it was very much we had to bring him in, interrogate him. Oh, I, my dreams go into the camcorder, blah, blah, blah. And like, I don't know. Then I don't feel like that was pursued. I don't know that there was a way to better show that or do that, especially in a short um but i think that was my kind of big takeaway is like what's going on what's going on what's going on we're going to tell you what's going on and then do some more of it so yeah i think the entire 
concept of it was pretty good. Um, it was interesting, uh, weird and creepy. This kid dreams that this thing, it's suddenly on a VHS tape and whatever is going on at home, um, that might just be his gift because in the room that he's in, that's not his reporter. That's the police stations. And it happens there too. Um, but it was kind of boring. I think the deaths were pretty graphic and pretty cool. Um, but the first lady, I don't know if you guys remember seeing this, there's a part where he, when he stabs her, the white gunk comes out of the eyeball. And I was just like, oh, yeah, the, <laughs> the eyeball was creepy. That I was, was definitely crazy. not looking at that point. I looked away. Yeah. Nicely, the, it sounds. The, the, the fingers chopping off the, uh, the guy fighting so hard that felt like a very real home invasion i was super duper annoyed with the chick talking so loud he's in the room and i was like shut the hell up who does that and who has the cord under the bed like it, it all of that but it, that i agree cheap. with you completely I agree with you 100%. Who does that? Who's loud? But I also feel like that was classic 80s horror. Like that was kind of just some dumb, nonsensical, out of fear thing to do where horror movies didn't necessarily make sense. And so I think that's the uh, only yeah. reason it played for me. But otherwise, I agree. Very frustrating uh, from a practical standpoint. Very frustrating. Well, and it was cheesy. So I was just like, okay. But then, you know, the payoff was her eye, her eyeball being stabbed. Um, so the deaths weren't cheesy. The deaths were gruesome. They were uh, They were scary. But uh, I don't like, I, I guess for me, and these are little things. I mean, overall, I think it was just, it was, it was a good idea, but it was kind of boring. Um, I, I thought it was kind of stupid that the kid with the magic powers was goth and that he wasn't like someone that you wouldn't expect it from. Um, I mean, I, I wasn't expecting him to be the cop's son. So that was a good twist, but like, I, I just feel like making him the weird kid took away from like this really cool thing that could have been just like a normal kid that you would never expect it from that isn't into anything occult, but he has like this weird gift and turns out he can see when his dad's murdering people. Maybe he's weird because he has the gift. You ever think about that? <laughs> mm. Sure. Uh, <laughs> it did not work for me. Uh, and I, I, I went through my golf phase in, in middle school and quickly quickly was removed from it because uh -huh. of my mom being like, uh, uh no, but I mean, this one was just, eh. So let's do an overall ranking of these segments. Uh, I'll go first, not because I'm worried about steel and thunder. Just give you a chance to kind of think through your rankings. Um, <laughs> I'm going to put at the bottom coming in number five, techno God, I already mentioned that, um, God of death right above that. Then total copy the rapper one and then dream kill one we just talked about and then the no we can ambrosia which i'm linking together because they're kind of one story one 100 agree yeah same I, that is my exact power ranking for sure mm -hmm. i cannot believe we agree i'm shook adriana yeah, do we that, have a full team agreement here that is yeah that's that's pretty accurate i'm looking at the list right now and that is that is it yeah all right, well, this is our last episode, folks. This yep. is the first time we've all agreed. So <laughs> thanks for joining, and we'll yeah. see you again never. Uh, overall, would you recommend folks check out VHS 85? I would, if you've not seen anything, sure. start with VHS 1. Uh, if you like the franchise, 
then sure it might be worthwhile, but I, uh, nah, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go out of my way for it unless you've already seen the others. If you like medium horror and don't need something super scary, but also want to sort of be kind of like, Ooh, what happens next? I would say, watch it. This, I, you know, I I've said plenty of times, do not waste your time on this movie for other movies. This one doesn't feel like that. It's just, you know, it's just a medium movie. I would watch it yeah. again. There's some there's some decent ideas. There's some really, really, really good practical effects in several of the segments, mm-hmm. um, including Techno God, even though we didn't like that one very much. The, there's some fun practical <laughs> effects at the end of that, you know. Uh, all right. Well, that's been our review of VHS 85. We are going to take a stab at reviewing Thanksgiving, the new Stay. Eli Roth slasher film set at Thanksgiving. So uh, it is in theaters now. It's getting some great buzz. So I'm kind of cautiously optimistic. Uh, So stay tuned for our review of that coming soon. And then the Christmas horror season will be upon us. And uh, we have a bounty of Christmas horror films at our disposal for review. So stay tuned for that as well. Until then, take care of yourselves out there. Please don't record yourself all the time. No one likes that. And you'll probably end up making a a horror movie. And of course, whatever else you do, don't split up. In every horror movie, the first rule of survival is... (laughs) 